Amen. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you right now. Okay. okay. We're cool. Yeah, no, it's fine, man. You know, I during the whole day I was having some um, service trouble, like I was without internet connection and all that. So okay. Might I? I might be the problem. Well, it's normally me, so it wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's fine, man. It's fine. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Yeah, I'm fine, man. I was, I was looking um, forward this episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I was like, I, I told Caleb the the last week that I my last post was like two months ago. So, so yeah. Yeah. So, you were traveling lately, right? Yeah. A couple or a few weeks ago, I got back from Senegal. Cool, man. How was your trip? It was awesome. It was, you know, it was the first time I'd been to the to Africa. So, it was definitely a completely new experience from Asia where I'd been before. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. So... Why why Senegal? Um <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, it wouldn't have necessarily been my first choice, but um one of the friends that I've traveled to China with, um she had been to Senegal before and she's like you guys really need to come to Senegal with me because it's really awesome and so I was like okay and so I bought a ticket. <laughs> and so that's just kind of how that happened. That's pretty spontaneous, eh? Yeah. I think, yeah, spontaneity is that you, you, you get to be open to new experiences, so that's cool, man. So you had never been to Senegal before, right? No, I'd never been to Africa at all. At all, man. Um, do you think your experience changed your perception of Senegal let's say Africa? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I try not to go to a place with any expectations because mm. that's one thing I've learned with traveling is if you have expectations, um, it's not going to match. You know, sometimes you'll be disappointed or whatever. And so I decided not to have expectations. And so I kind of just went. And the people there or one of the things that really surprised me is that how friendly and kind they were. And everywhere I've traveled, people have been friendly. Um, but I think that's such a huge part of the, of uh, the Muslim cultures in many Muslim countries as the people are very hospitable. And so that was something that was really cool to see. Yeah, man. Did, did you say, uh, a Muslim country? Yeah, Senegal is, I think, 90, it's like 95% Muslim. That's a lot, man. Yeah. You know, I... Uh, I'm sorry, I started to, um, to take notes with my, my, my guest during my podcast. Because I don't know, I, I think it's a, a better way to learn more, so... Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So, man, you 
created your own podcast, right? Yeah, I just started. That that's cool, man. I, I like the how, how how that happened. Um, I mean, I thought about it for a while. The probably the person that inspired me the most would be Gary V, and I see that you, I think you follow him as well. And he yeah, just man. he always talks about um how you know you need to document. Um, your experiences and as, as you grow, whether you're a business or just an individual or a brand or whatever. And I've always liked to share my thoughts and stuff. And I used to use Facebook a lot, but just the community there, and I know we talked about it before, just can be kind of caustic and not always, but it just has a tendency to go that way. And so I thought a podcast would be a great way to express myself without having to deal with some of the caustic behavior on Facebook. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know Gary Vee. I think everybody knows who Gary Vee is right now. So, yeah. But I think I can't remember remember why I started my own podcast actually. Oh, really? But I I know that yeah, and, and it's crazy because I started my podcast like three months ago. It's not that uh, that long time. But I think who um influenced me the most to be honest I think was Tim Ferriss man okay yeah you know you know him right mm -hmm. yeah I think he is the one that influenced me the most and recently I'm not gonna lie I'm consuming a lot of content that is just podcast yeah like uh, Louis Howes Sam Harris um, Joko Wheeling Tim Ferriss, Gary V, um, um, Tom Bilyeu. I'm not sure if it's I, I pronounced the name right. Okay, I'm not sure. So yeah, yeah, it's. I think. You know, you know what is crazy because. What I, what I was thinking, right now all the people are trying to create content with. Videos, you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. you're trying to put out a, a picture, an image. And I, I don't know how to explain this thought that I'm having, but it's crazy how audio is coming back again to be more mainstream. Yeah. Um, or maybe what well, it was always mainstream. I don't know. Uh, no, I think it's, I think more people are starting to listen to podcasts and that kind of thing. I, I think it always comes back down to convenience and what is easy, the easiest way for us to consume content. And so I think that's a huge part of it anyways. You're right, man. So tell me, what's the message um, that you're trying to convey with your podcast? Um, I don't know that I have a hyper succinct message necessarily. I wanted to leave it loose enough that I could feel comfortable post or talking about whatever I wanted to. Um, mm. But ultimately, I mean, like I said, I want to share my thoughts and My, I guess my main message that I try to talk to people about in all sorts of different platforms, but is that we need to have a perspective that breaks away from the current systems that we're also familiar with. Like we live in a world that is controlled entirely by governments and organizations and businesses and uh, religious organizations and so on and so forth. And like, 
I think what it has done is it has suppressed individuality in people and it keeps us from truly expressing who we are and it's a form of slavery. And so that's kind of what I want people to do is look outside of the, the that box and kind of see the world from a perspective of freedom. I don't know if that makes sense. Actually, it makes a lot of sense, man. I think, do you think that free speech is at risk right now in this moment of our civilization, if you want to put it that way? I mean, I think it's always at risk when you have people fighting for positions of power. So like as an example, Iran obviously was a really stark example of that with them shutting off internet access to millions of people. Um, but I mean, it happens all the time, you know, in China, they restrict which content um, the citizens can listen to or view. Um, I think it happens everywhere. Mm. But at the same time, I don't think we're ever going to, going to come to a place where people cannot speak freely because people are persistent and human beings just have this innate desire to be free and to, you know, fight against tyranny. And so I think there will always be a remnant of people who speak out despite the consequences. So I'm not worried about it, but I think it's always there. Yeah, man. I really want to stop here. I, I, I'm thinking about two, two, two questions right now. But the first one that comes to my mind, I was making some research to talk with you, you know, like, and... I, I, I read an article that say that uh, in China, I'm not sure if it's true, I guess it is, um, you can't actually talk about what happened in Tiananmen. That's correct, yeah. I mean, and go ahead, sorry. No, 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 yeah, I, I want to go deeper than that. I think it's how can people can live when, when, when the same day, every single year comes, and you are supposed that you can't remember, and you can't go deeper on 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 the facts that uh, on the things that happened that night and and I, I, I when you think about the country you can say okay yeah it that's some crazy that sounds like a kind of like a, a tyranny or maybe it's, it is a tyranny um there is so much shady stuff going on but then mm -hmm. you see the country and 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 you think many china is like actually i think in in the market in the economy china is competing against USA for the first place. So yeah. it's so crazy to think that that amount of power can have that um, archaic mindset. And I, I don't know when. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I mean, so like they call it the three T's, right? It's like you don't talk about Tiananmen Square, you don't talk about Tibet, and you don't talk about Taiwan. So those are the three things you don't talk about when you're in China. And like you said, it is a way to control populations and If you're young enough that you don't know about something like Tiananmen, then it's easy to hide the fact that a gov that the government um, forced a bunch of people to comply with them. But like you said, it's interesting the contrast between the tyranny of the government and their success in the world market. And I yeah. think I think the only reason they've had that success. Um, is because they've opened up a lot more opportunities for individuals in China. So like the middle class has really grown a lot over the years and it's allowed people to travel a lot more and to invest in other places and other countries. And so I think there is an illusion and there is some freedom that the people have that they're able to build businesses and success, but it's always under this guise of 
you know, nationalism, which I think will be their downfall. But I, I'm confident that China will become the number one world power. Are you confident at the same time afraid? Um, no. I mean, like, as an American, like, I hear people, especially, especially conservatives, but both sides um, talk about China, you know, in this battle with the United States. And like they say it as this bad thing. In my opinion, because I'm not a nationalist, I don't I don't believe that America's best. I don't believe that America should be first. I think truth and um, ingenuity and those kind of things should be first. And so it doesn't matter what the what nation it is and what people it is. I think it will do the American people good if they're put in second place or third place or whatever for a while. Yeah, man. Why, why do you think that is the reason behind you think there is so much um, ego involved? You, you, you're talking from a perspective that you think that is going to humble the society? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the question is, why is there so much ego involved with Americans? I mean, uh, if I'm not wrong, if I don't know if I misinterpreted what you say, but you think that the, the America can or should be for a time for a moment second or third place so people can start like becoming more humble about something yeah i think i think americans are too comfortable and are too okay. so soft if that makes sense like we've grown up in a world where we haven't really had to i mean not all of us right i mean but americans in in a great degree are privileged because they've lived in a society where there wasn't much need And so I think it's made us um, ignorant to the suffering around us and it's made us complacent. And so I think it'll be a very necessary thing to kind of wake people up and to make people start um, thinking for other people instead of just themselves. Yeah, man, I got your point. So I want to go back to the thing that's going on in China. Can you, can you believe or can you imagine like the schools, they don't teach history right or they could a part of history right but that, I'm gonna be... go ahead that, that's insane man how how can you i i just i'm picturing in my mind like the, the teachers in the school in the the, the 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 classrooms like talking about history on china you know and sort of brainwashing uh, a new generation mm -hmm. and jumping and uh, it's like playing okay we're gonna teach about i don't know this age or some this of or years you know this speed of years and uh, we're gonna jump some of the dark ones because we just want to do it and and it's yeah it's for this for to to be 2019 20, 2020 almost is in my mind kind of like i don't know something that you can take from a movie man Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, it is crazy, but at the same time, and I, I'm sorry I keep bringing it back to the United States, but that's just my experience, is, like, it's actually kind of similar here. And so, like, I think it's easy to maybe demonize or sensationalize a country that we've learned about in the media and we hear about all the time and then not yeah. turn it back on ourselves. And it's, like, even here mm -hmm. in the United States, like, the history that's taught in our schools 
and the things people talk about here is always from the position that America won. Like, you know, we learn about World War II and we hear about the bombs that were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. And we see that as a victory instead of thinking of the hundreds of thousands of innocent people that were murdered by the United States. And so things like that, it's like it's the same thing. It's the rewriting of history, putting our nation on top. And so I think it's a very common theme within nations. Yeah, I mean, I, I got your point, too. Um, and, and it's okay if you want to go back to, to America, because actually I want to talk about that later. Um, but first, why, why do you think that people try to control free speech? Um, I mean, the same reason why cult leaders um, want to control free speech. Because if you can control free speech, you can, you can control to a degree how people think. And if you control what people think, then you can tell them that, that you're the power, that you're the benefactor, um, and that people need you to interpret facts, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, man. You know, nowadays, nowadays is, I mean, I think that not only the, the powerful ones are trying to control free speech, um, well, to some degree, yeah, but you can see it like, you know, on a daily basis, people, if you don't think in the way that somebody else think, they, they don't act like, well, not everybody, but the more radical ones, they don't act like that's okay. It's more like you mm -hmm. should not say or think that, right? When we talk about right. politics or sexuality or religion, there are some people that goes really, uh, I don't know, really um, over the line, man. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was listening to, and, and this is crazy, man. I was listening to, so I'm going to go back to America. I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Yep. And if I'm not wrong, um, in the States, you are, cl you are close to, to the presidential elections, right? Um, not exactly, but people are already campaigning for it. Yeah, you, you are starting for, but it's 2020, right? Right. Okay, so I was listening um his podcast with Joko Willing and I'm sorry if I mispronounced her name, but <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard is fine. Uh, who? Tulsi Gabbard. I'm not sure who that is. Oh shit, man! Uh, probably, probably <laughs> I, I missed the, the last <laughs> name. But she was running for for um oh, I'm not sure if the the the, the Democratic uh, Party. Okay, hundred percent sure. The thing is that she was on a on a national debate, and she was telling that story, and she was being trending on on internet during that debate. Okay? Right. And in one moment, Google shut down her Google account. And wow. He, her team was like, "Ask to what happening if they can." restore the the account and all that and if i'm not wrong during the whole debate uh her account was shut down without That's insane. Any without an explanation man wow i didn't even hear about that yeah it's, the podcast was uploaded like 
maybe less than two weeks ago. So when when you say that there's people trying to control free speech so they can control what you think right. and so they can tell you what to think, I I think we all have proof yeah, for sure. that that's going Definitely. on right now. So yeah, man, it's it's shady <laughs> for stuff sure. going on. Um, let me let let me go mm -hmm. go back to China for a while. So I was making my research, and but first let me let me ask you this. Um, let me go back to your podcast. How do you choose your topics when you want to? to I know that you just want to express your thoughts, but. How do you work when you have a thought that you really want to put out online? You are, I know that you just have two, two, two episodes, but how is the process um, behind? I guess it's just things that I experience or maybe a conversation I have with someone. And I think that it could have a broader context and like, should we should be talking about it a lot more. I just find things that I find important. And then I talk about them. I don't know. It's nothing complicated. Hmm. So, like, as an example, um, I was reading through, or no, I was watching a, wait, what was it? Oh, yeah. I was on Instagram, and an ad came up for, what brand was it now? REI, I think, the store. And... Or no, it wasn't REI. It was um, it was a shoe a shoe place. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> But in that in that video, some of the prominent um, actors in the commercial were black people, African American. And I was re reading the comments, and because I, I always like to read the comments okay. to, to see how people respond to things. And <laughs> multiple people were talking <laughs> about how the black people in the video were stealing from the store and it wasn't true but that's how they took the took the commercial and then people on there were saying well obviously because they're black and like that's a common that's a common um thing that people say in the united states it's obviously racist um and so i was thinking like that just exposes a mindset that how people think in my country and so i was thinking i should do a podcast on that topic And so it's just something simple like that, something that I'll experience throughout the day and I'll be like, oh, that's important. I should talk about it. Yeah, man, I got to. I got to. Um, and I can, can't blame you because I sometimes, uh, more than what I expect and more than, more than what I can say that I'm proud of, I, I stop and I read the comments when I know that the the post can be right uh kind of controversial and i i i hate to read people hating and complaining without reason but i don't know why i'm <laughs> well it's interesting to that so yeah for sure because right. it says a lot about the human behavior right yeah. are you working on some um, new episodes? i mean i have a couple ideas I'm probably going to actually record one after, after uh, doing this with you. So yes, <laughs> that's cool, man. <laughs> that, that's that's um, 
I like to think of myself like a like the a little fuel for you. Yeah. To to keep going on, man, because I I I, I stopped. I didn't listen to your two episodes from the point zero to the half hour. When it how how long are the podcasts? And I like your your other stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. You keep cutting out. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I know you. You oh, were cutting out. Maybe I it is. It was you? <laughs> can you listen? Can, can you listen? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you listen to me, man? Oh, cool. Um. So let's talk about your last episode. Could you explain me what? The same blue line stands for the say again the what line? Oh, the same blue line. Yeah, I'm so sure I don't I... know if yeah? if it's something that other countries um, use, but like okay. Not so in the United States, that represents the police. Yeah, and so sometimes some okay. someone will say the thin green line referring to the military uh the thin red line referring to the fire department that kind of stuff but like the main one that people use is the thin blue line yeah. and it's like a line of defense um the the few men who are standing against you know uh criminals f for the the uh population basically is what it means yeah i got it i got it Yeah, I made some research, you know, because I, I'm, I'm gonna paraphrase your last podcast. I, I can't quote it like verbatim, but you said some um, um, along the lines like how people in the states can support the Hong Kong manifestations, and at the same right. time support yeah. the thin blue line. Am I right? So, how how this relates to the Hong Kong situation? How, What is the the point? Right. Well, on, that you I say mean, that? of course, I'm coming from the context of thinking as an American thinks from the United States. And so when I say that, um, a lot of the people that I know, especially in the area where I live, because it's very uh, conservative thinking, the people here um, and all across the United States support mm. the police. Um, and often they'll support the police, even when the police um, are committing crimes against people and murdering people and so on and so forth, things that you've probably seen in the media. Um, and so, so there's, there's yeah. that one side Well, they'll, they'll support the police and they'll just tell people, well, you need to obey the law. You need to submit to the police. You need to submit to your authorities. But, but then at the same time, they'll see the people in Hong Kong who are standing against those authorities who are also being, mistreated by the police and are standing up against the police wearing masks when they weren't supposed to so on and so forth and that they'll support those people also and they'll say um well because we're standing for democracy and against tyranny and so i see it as hypocritical you can't support the pro-democracy people and their freedom in one country while supporting the tyrants in your own country Now I understand, man. Um, so, 
I, there, there are some points I, I want to, to, to go deep here. Um, the first one, uh, and I want to let you know this because I'm not sure if you, mm-hmm. if you share the same feeling like me, but the thing with the police is something like worldwide. Really? We, won't, we, we both know that, right? Um, and my a small little problem, that is not a huge problem, actually, it's just something that I don't know what I, why I can't express in the same way that most of the people, is that I can't say that the, the, the police officers or the police as an institution mm-hmm. are murderers or, you know, or criminals and all that, even though they, yes, sometimes abuse their power right. for mm-hmm. their own sake so to speak, because I, I, I can't, and this is my take, I can't blame an institution and act in the same way with all the people that work in the institution just because some of them are right. doing the wrong things, you know? I think it's a little bit hard because, yeah, it's easier for society, and that's the reason why we have institutions, Um you know, to, to, work, to work directly with an institution. But I think that at, at the same time, we are all individuals. And I, I just, it's, I think it's some um, right. level of empathy, I don't know. If I join, for example, the military or the, or, or the police, uh, I, don't, I, I don't want to, but if I do, and people start calling me out for crimes that I mm-hmm. never in my life committed, I will feel first sad, and then I will probably right. feel really mad. You know? So it's like my posture is like, yes, they abuse sometimes their power, but I can't go against an institution like so so. I, I do. I know exactly use, what you're saying. You know what I'm, what I'm I saying? have empathy for that that uh, mindset. I understand. I mean, I have friends who are police. I have family members who are military. So I yeah. understand what you're saying. I guess for me, my belief system is that the entire institution is wrong. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I believe that the police should yeah. be abolished. Like, we shouldn't have the current police system we have. Now... That doesn't mean I think we shouldn't have law enforcement because I believe that moral and just laws should be followed. But at the same time, I think the whole system is corrupt. So I think I can accurately say that the system is corrupt, um, but there are individuals who are not necessarily corrupt themselves, if that makes sense. So like, yeah, I mean, like, and this is going to sound extreme. Um, and people may get mad at me for saying this, but like, I believe that the United States military could be and should be accurately described as a terrorist organization. Now, I, I know people and I have family who are in the military. Do I think they're terrorists? No, I don't. Um, but the organization in and of itself, based solely off of what they do in the world and how they treat human beings around the world is terrorism. So I think it's fair to say that they are committing terrorism without necessarily condemning every single individual who is in the military. 
Mm. I yeah, I I share you your vision right. to an extent, you know, not completely because actually I think that is a bold uh, statement. Um but yeah, at the same time it's not so right. far from reality. Now, we can uh, spend another half hour talking about if the system is corrupt, if an institution is corrupt, right? And what to do with individuals. But this is the thing that sometimes I sometimes stop to see. I take my time to go deep in this. And in that case, what to do with the system and what to do with the institution? Right. If you think that the system is corrupt, right? There's a problem. So if the system is corrupt, right? The institution is going to act... Um, Mm -hmm. way over the, the, the law, so to speak. How can you fix that if you think that can be fixed? Um, I mean, I feel like that, that question is a lot bigger than me as an individual. But, but <laughs> so I mean, I only know yeah. what I, I know, know, obviously. And I think the biggest thing is for people to be to realize their value because the only way that tyranny wins is when people think it's okay to be owned and manipulated and controlled by other people. And so I think it's, and, and therefore they're saying my, my body, my soul, my spirit is not worth as much as somebody else's. Um, and so I think that's, for like that's the most important thing is to get people to see their their worth and their value. Mm. Yeah, man, that's true. It's like it's a really I think big question because, and this is my 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 issue. You know, I'm, I'm not trying mm -hmm. to to extend this to you, so I'm gonna um, explain it right. under my point of view i feel like i can't even though i agree to some extent that with you that the system is corrupt not only in the states i think worldwide um and there's a lot of institutions that actually are abusing their power i feel that i can't attack that um that fact we can call it a fact without putting on the table right. some ideas or solutions. It's like I just want the system that I don't like, the institutions that I don't like, go down. And then I'm going to just be like, okay, my job is done. What is next? Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're explaining saying. explaining me um, so openly. Yeah, yeah. So I have that, that little, little issue because I feel like it's, to some extent, right. useless. You know, again, it's my own issue. It's what's going on uh, inside my mind. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, what do you I completely understand that. And I think it's a fair point to make. But I think part of our, maybe our reluctance to speak against the systems without coming up with another system that we think is better is the fact that we have pre-programmed in our minds that we have to have some hierarchical system set up at all. I mean, like... I think if if we re realize that people were not supposed to be controlled 
and manipulated and like lorded over in the first place, we would we wouldn't feel so afraid maybe of breaking down those systems. And like as a small example, um, Martin Luther, like the not Martin Luther King, but like Martin Luther, the Catholic monk, when he when he started the, you know, yeah. the Reformation or he was a part of the Reformation, I should say. And, you know, he nailed the, what was it, the 95 Thesis on the door. Um, he was breaking away from the Catholic Church and that system. And, but inadvertently, he mm-hmm. set up his own system. And so, like, the Protestant churches, in, and this is just my opinion again, the Protestant churches, instead of having one pope over them, now they have a bunch of mini popes. And we, and we just call them pastors. You know what I'm saying? And so he broke from one system and then created another one. And both systems have people of power over other people. And so I think we need to get out of the mindset of creating systems that control people and then just and instead promote freedom for everyone, if that makes sense. Makes totally sense, man. Now, oh, um, I'm going to be honest. This part of the of the of the episode of the podcast, this topic is going to be a little bit hard um, for me for two reasons. First, I know mm-hmm. not so much about politics, you know, so I, um, I'm not that well educated in that topic. And secondly, I think my English limitations are gonna make okay. it a little bit hard to explain my my points. All right, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try my best. Um, so when you talk about religion and the pastors and the, and the, and the Catholic and the uh, evangelic, the, the, the differentiation, but you point that there's still some mm-hmm. power um, figure, right? There's still somebody that holds more power than the rest of the people in that organization, society, congregation, fill in the blank. Um, I think that that's one of the three type of authorities um, that Max Weber talked about, that is legal, rational authority, um, traditional authority, that is the one that you're talking about. And the last one is charismatic authority. Now, my takes on this topic is like, how, right, can you create a system without an authority? Because I think, Even if you try to not um, select one, it's going to happen. Like, it's go- there's people that is not just born. I think that you can create yourself, but there's people that hold some characteristics that make them uh, stand mm-hmm. over somebody else or, or over a group of people. And, and not in a tyrannic yep. way, but... They're leaders, you know, they're charismatic, they, they know more, they're more competent, and they work more than the, the, the other group of people. So that's my, I think it's a question for you. It's like, how can, can you create or think of a, of a society without a, a system? Right, where and that's a really good question. Uh, and I, there's a couple ways to look at it. Um, One is that I'm not against authority. I'm against uh, power religion and, um, and dictators. So there, there is a difference between authority and power. 
And I think a lot of people that are in positions of authority, they are seeking power over other people. Authority is not something that you Mm. can just be bestowed. Um, Authority is is something that you gain by being a good leader. And so, and this is my opinion, obviously, I look at the authority that Jesus had over the people he served and the examples he always gave, like he, he washed, you know, people's feet. He fed them. Um, he was always serving them. And he, he talked about how the first will be last and the last will be first. And I think that's a perfect example of what a true authority is. It's someone who is serving other people and putting their needs before them. And so that's true authority. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I understand your point. Um, I have one question. First, I want to um, yeah. add something to your definition of authority. I was, again, reading on, on Google and all that. And ideally, authority is someone who exercises power with right. legitimacy. Right? So, so the thing is, when authority lack legitimacy the their use of power becomes violence becomes tyranny um so yeah i wanted to add that to your definition and um coming back to 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 you to your idea do you see some um authority right now in 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 this world can you can you name somebody that you think is an authority? Um, to a degree, yes. I mean, I see people that I learn from um, who have authority in the sense that they've proved that what they're teaching um, works. And so, like, you know, as an example, someone we mentioned yeah. before, Gary V. He would be an authority in um, successful living let's say as an example um and i think because he's proved it Mm -hmm. and he's lived it and he is currently living it he is someone that is an authority on that subject and who we could follow because of his example um and that's just obviously a small example but like as far as in politics um probably not i don't i don't personally know of anyone who i would like put my trust in and say, yeah, I believe in the ideology that you're presenting. Yeah, man, I I understand your point. I think the same, and and I'm I'm gonna say this, even that I know that religion means um, maybe a lot for you, and I respect that because actually I I do like religion at some extent, but and I want to go on that mm-hmm. that point. Uh, give me just one one second. I think. I don't know why I think this, but for me, it's kind of obvious that politics is like religion for me at the same time. Um, and again, I, I'm, yeah, I'm saying yeah. this with all the respect that I can, okay? But I think that people seek on politics and religion a type of answer or um, some some way of well-being for their own life and it has proven that it doesn't work like you see how politics actually are all the time i mean it works we're not 
under some chaotic type of world where we're not burning the world. So it works to some extent, but you always see that the the politics um, authorities, people that holds power and on religion, right. they always get corrupt. Yep. You know, uh, so so I think it's kind of useless to keep going in that direction unless you start finding people that shows mm -hmm. a new way. You know, um, so I, I see people that is still like, oh, you know, this year gonna vote for this guy or this other guy, and I think that everything's going to change, and I think the changes can't happen, cannot happen that fast right. and easily, like four years period, six year, five year. I'm not sure how mm -hmm. it works in the states. He at least yep. four years. I think it's the same right there, right? Yeah, so I think the change got uh, has to start right. by ownself, and so yeah, that's my take on religion and politics, at least at some extent. And I do think that yeah, religion works in some way um, because it holds some values that help people, so to speak, behave during the right. during these two thousand years. You know, I, I, we got to be honest, even if you are an, an, uh, skeptic, a skeptic, right, skeptic. Um, I think a skeptic is the word. Mm -hmm. No, a skeptic, right? You, you, you get to recognize that religion uh, um, adds some value to life, not just by the meaning of God, but for the rules, I think. Uh, uh, I don't know if that's my... Right. Yeah, the rules, mm -hmm. right? Because it has some laws, some rules that you, um, some moral right. laws that you are supposed to follow. So <laughs> that's a, that's the the thing that I, I think yeah. it provides religion, you know. But that's the extent that I think is useful. That's my opinion again, man. I don't know if you. What well, do you I think, think that about, about, that's a good this? way to. <clears throat> to present um, your point, I think I think it does go deeper than that. Um, but I think you're right. So first of all, I think as people who believe in a religion, whatever it is, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that religious people, religious organizations, and so on and so forth have brought a lot of violence and heartache to the world. You know, as a small example, you could look at the Crusades, mm. right? I mean, thousands and thousands of people dead, fighting mm. for their holy wars, and all it brought was more tyranny, more death, more sadness. Um, and that was all done in the name of religion, and specifically in the name of a Christian religion. Mm. Um, and so that is something that we have to acknowledge yes. as people who believe in God, as people who are religious. Uh, at the same time, in my opinion, I believe those people misinterpreted it. And so I think the truth of religion can still be accurate, um, even though a lot of the people who represent it aren't. And so I kind of, I try to look at what, what did the law of God say and how do we apply it? So like when Jesus talks about how the greatest two commandments are to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. 
and that all the rest of the laws are supposed to rely on those two facts, then I think if we follow that and we are loving the person who created us and we're loving all of the people around us and caring for them, that's gonna have to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's my perspective. It's like, I yeah, want to get rid of all of the added things that religion has put in the name of Christ. You know, they say, oh, you're supposed to attend these religious services. You're supposed to give us money. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. And instead, cut out that stuff because it's not mm. what we're supposed to do. And instead, just care about people and defend the innocent. And I, in my opinion, I think that will work. But, you, you're, but you're right. It will take a long time. Yeah, man. You know what? But when you when you mm -hmm. say uh, when you talk about the Crusades, I think there is another similarity um, right. between politics and religion. You know, people for the name of the of their own god, right? Uh, their own religion, their own beliefs. They died and they killed, and let's be honest, right. they were proud of that, right? Because they were fighting for for that, and that that was called um, the, the Saint Wars, right? The, oh, I've the, never heard of that term, the but, Saint but Wars. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sorry. Maybe I, no, I, I, I maybe I made out the name. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and with politics, you see people that is proud to go to other countries and mm -hmm. kill and die yeah. by their own country. You know, so, again, that's the main reason why I think politics and, re and religion... Right, well, I mean... ...doesn't work. And if it works, and if it works, as you say, they hold so much power that they are capable mm -hmm. to brainwash a whole generation to go and die and kill and yeah and, 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 oh for sure i mean nationalism is a religion in my opinion um i, I just think those people got it completely backwards mm. i mean so they said we're going to kill these people in the name of god and instead what they should have been looking at was what did god do for them and what god did for them if you believe in the christian faith is that he died himself he sacrificed himself for us so it's completely backwards you know what i'm saying and so like if if we looked at what it was supposed to be yeah and it was it's supposed to be a religion of sacrifice and a religion of giving and caring for the poor and the needy then i think we would at least come away with a lot more compassion instead of trying to seek dominance over other people yeah man that topic is a little bit deep because I think mm -hmm. I think people act in an unconscious way, for real. I think, and and this is not my own words because I I read this on Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and I listened to Sam Harris say the same. And most of the time, we're not using our minds. Our minds right. are using us. So. Yeah, so I think people don't don't even realize what they're about to do. It's like if they stop for a minute holding their swords or their guns, right? Um, and they meditated about what is the purpose 
of this war, uh, why I got to kill in the name of Philon de Blanc, my country, uh, my nation, or my God, you know, and, and you start meditate on that. It's like right. a new universe open, opens for you. Now, I can't, and this is, and this is why I say small deep. I can't blame you. Let's say, for example, that we are in the world, right? And you are my enemy, and I am so, so to speak, enlightened for a minute, and I stop and mm -hmm. I ask myself, why the fuck I'm doing this? How much time do I have to become that that person that says, you know what? Hold up, I should not be here. I I I don't agree with this. If you come running and screaming right. and you just look, trying to kill me, you know, it's like to to take your time and to become, again, so to speak, enlightened and, and meditate on, on reflecting these things. You need people that is that around you that is in the same situation. Because how you can stop and open your consciousness is if everybody is unconscious and is screaming like animals, like Brain yeah, and madness I mean, and chaos, you know, I, I think it definitely would help if the people around us were taking a moment to think. But I think every person and every group of people that have decided to go against the flow and to go against maybe the societal norms or whatever, they do sacrifice their safe, their safety and their comfort and sometimes mm. their lives for that. And so, like, you know, you're right. It would be nice But I, for some reason, what I thought of when you were giving that example is the southern border on the United, you know, the, of the United States. Like people are scared of the people from South and Central America and Mexico coming across the border. And they're like, you know, they're going to take our jobs. They're bringing in diseases, whatever their thing is. And I disagree mm -hmm. with that. Um, but they're yeah. saying those things and they're like, we can't just have an open border because we have the, this crisis, we have all these people in need and all this. And my thought is, yeah, we should have an open border. So it's kind of like saying what you're saying about being reflective. Like we should have an open border. We should be empathetic. And if there are some negative consequences because of our empathy and because of our compassion, then we have to live with that. Like I think the empathy and the compassion for people is more important than self-preservation, if that makes sense. makes a hundred percent total sense but that last word that you say man self-preservation i think we, we as yeah. human beings were made we, we are born with that we are created yep. to just look for ourselves and survive it's something that is like it's evolutionary it's like it's right. on our unconscious mind you know so i seen that and this is gonna sound a little bit woo woo um But I think that, and, and this is a bold statement too, for human race to survive, we're going to need, and, and, and I'm saying, saying it like 100%, mm -hmm. to level up our conscious level to another, another we're going to need to evolve. I'm telling like 100% to evolve. And I'm talking inside our minds, not physically, not like putting new robotic right. arms on, on our limbs. I don't know, but we need to open a new level of consciousness if we really want to survive.
as a human yeah, race. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I think, I think we can have new minds. I think we can have a new perspective, um, and I think that comes from. I think that comes from having the right perspective on the value of people and the value of the earth and the value of our creator. And so like, uh, obviously it's going to be a different process for everybody, but, but like, I think that's kind of like Mm. what we're doing right now, right? Like we're discussing things and we're talking about answers and solutions of problems. And I think that's part of that process of what you're talking about. Yes, man, I agree. And and you know what? First, I think we are doing this because we are we got we 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 got to mm-hmm. acknowledge this. We are different. We stop. We 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 think. We're right. open-minded, right? The, the 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 things that are going on right now in the world, like Iran, uh, Hong Kong, China, the States. Um, grain, man. I want to go talk about this thing that happened on grain because I, I read uh, an article and I was so shady, so crazy. Um, Latin America, the things that are going on, it's not like the mainstream media is not covering the people that is mm-hmm. talking about, like you and and I. You know, um, it's covering all the riot and the violence, like police brutality. They mm-hmm. go a hundred percent right. And there is the, the riots and the manifestations where there are some groups of people that just want right. to burn down everything, you know. So if you see that world, you think to yourself, and I think to myself, man, we have a long path to go if we want to open our conscious. Because it's easy to, for me to take you as an example and to take myself as an example. And it's like, yeah, we, we can, we can evolve. But then you see the people that is getting crazy on the streets and it's like, <laughs> oh man, that's, that's look a little bit harder. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think those people are a lot closer though than we realize. Cause it's like, if I think they're reactionary, right? So they're angry and so they're reacting and that's a huge, again, that's a human problem. And I think we all do it to some degree, but I really think those people are actually a lot closer than maybe we realize and that the media is presenting. It's like, if you, you know, as an example, the, the Palestinian people, um, whether it's Hamas or just, you know, someone that's just a Palestinian, but they're not part of any organization, like they're given such a bad rap in the media um, because they're seen as violent and that they hate Israel and that they do all these terrorist um, things against the people there. But then if you stop and talk with them and you have a real conversation, even the people that the media may label as a terrorist, even those people um, often, they actually just want to survive. They want to thrive. They want to they wanna have a family. They want to be able to be comfortable where they're living. So I think, I think a lot of people are actually a lot closer. They've just allowed maybe the reactions to get to them first, if that makes sense. Totally, man. Totally. And I think that's a good point that you, you, you are presenting right now. And, and that goes back to the thing that, that, I, that I say to you. You know, we are most of the time, our mind, our thoughts, right? 
our thoughts are letting us to 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 to, to react right we're letting actually let's be honest we are letting us mm-hmm. our thoughts control us right so that that's the thing you know, i think if if somebody's really i if somebody really i i'm not sure if the word that i'm looking for is once i'm think is capable of right a higher level of consciousness I think that person should at least control those feelings that are really primarily like mm-hmm. rage, anger, right? Because I do have I do have some anger thoughts and you know resentment and hate and violent thoughts and envy and jealousy and sadness and depression and anxiety. I do have all those negative thoughts. The thing is that I aim and work to not let them shift and, and, and become who I am. And right. I don't let myself become my thoughts. You know, so yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's at least my point of view. Um, but yes, definitely an interesting too, man. Uh, topic of discussion for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't really. That's I think the main reason why I actually am so into the the mind and the human behavior, um, because of myself, man. I started to understand how why I was like scared of some things, and then you go deeper and you oh shit, maybe I just don't need to be um, mad, you know, or feel bad because I'm I'm scared because. Uh, my thoughts are my thoughts. I am not my right. thoughts. I am not my mind. Yeah, you know sure. all that things. So, so yeah, man. I, and let me let me go back to 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 the grain thing. Do you know something that is going on? I mean, I know a little bit. I, Russia and I definitely grain? don't know as much as I should. Yeah, man. Me neither. But I I read an article that say that Russia is taking control of some schools or some places. And they are teaching the kids, man, the kids, to hate uh, Ukrainian people. That they are how do they do, How do they get control of the schools? Man, I don't know. I just read the article. It's like right. they are taking some control of some places, right? And they are they are like trying to give like the jobs to Russian people. They are teaching more. They 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 stop teaching Ukrainian to kids, and they're starting to teach wow. Russian to the kids. That is such a interesting <laughs> topic because I, I have some friends and I know people that are in the Ukraine and they have their perspective and Russia obviously has a bad track record of tyranny the, as far as the nation goes. Um, the, the only reason I haven't that I don't know exactly what I believe on the situation is because there is a Russian minority, an ethnic Russian minority in Ukraine. And obviously, we see all throughout the world that often the minority groups in a country are mistreated by the majority. And so I want to be careful that I'm not like silencing the voice of the minority um, in favor of one group. But at the same time, the Russian government and the way they have infiltrated uh, the Ukraine and uh, Crimea and all that is obviously completely inappropriate. And so it's just a convoluted, complicated topic. 
Yeah, man. I want to go back. You said that you think that the military forces of the, the, the states of America, right? they are terrorism, right? What do you think in these cases? Do you think that America should um, intervene in what's going on um, with Russia and Ukraine? That's a really hard one, and I've thought about it a lot, and I, I'm not sure. Um, one thing that I do know is that, obviously, the Ukraine is an ally of the United States. And we have said that we will um, help the Ukraine and protect Ukraine, but we haven't. So I think that's wrong for sure. And that the United States, if they're going to claim that they will help the Ukraine, then we really should. And it's inappropriate that we aren't. Um, at the same time, I understand why the United States is hesitant to, because we don't want to start a war with Russia. Obviously, that would be a really bad thing. And yeah. so I understand why people, why people are hesitant. So I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not an easy... And, and you know what is crazy? That, that's the reason why I value your opinion, man. Because you really are like, I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> If you don't know, you say, I don't know. But there is people that is like, yeah, we should go 100% and teach them how <laughs> yep. we do, you know? <laughs> it's like people, sometimes people really just want yep, conflict. Like they, they enjoy conflict. And, and again, that's, uh, I think, uh, identification yeah. with the mind, with the ego. And I want to go back again to, to a little bit um, to the Hong Kong situation. So you know I more mean, about I, that, right? Again, I've been following it for, for a while, so I know a bit about more than it. Yeah, man. So I was, again within a little bit of what's going on. And I know that a guy from Hong Kong killed her, her girlfriend okay. in Taiwan, if I'm not wrong. He murdered And there is like, the, the, the problem is like, the, the, the Taiwanese uh, authorities wanted to present a, a, right. a, a charge for murder, if I'm not wrong, mm -hmm. against the, uh, this guy. But... Um, there's no extradition agreement right. between Hong Kong and Taiwan, right? And that's the main reason that Hong Kong started to work on a new, like, uh, amendment or bill. I'm not sure what's right. the name of the, the the document. And again, if I'm not wrong, please correct me if I if I if I am. The the the, the new agreement will let to the mainland, to, to China, to go after um, political, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if the word's right, criminals, maybe not, maybe not, mm -hmm. just political uh, refugees, right, uh, Hong Kong. That's the main Well, I know uh, that that's definitely instigated a lot of it. it the thing is, though, again, I, I think this is the, the case. I think the Hong Kong government has rescinded that position um, as far as the extradition of criminals to mainland China. Um, but I think that was what started. That was the impetus of a lot of the protests. But since then, 
um, the people have had a lot more to say about the government, including uh, police brutality. And, and so I think the main thing is yeah. that China has infiltrated in, in these people's minds um, the Hong Kong government and is holding sw- too much sway over Hong Kong b- before they actually have official power. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, I understand. I, I, you know, I, I was reading again, and I was so ignorant about this man. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that Hong Kong was like, it's part of China, but they right. have their own law, legal system, their own currency, and. They have some yeah, rights that in sure. China that they they don't like free speech, yeah. like free press, right? So I I get the underlying I don't know like subject that they are trying to they are fighting for yeah. right, the rights. I mean it, and unfortunately, a lot of that's going to change um, in the next what is it forty or forty five years? Um, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think unless the Hong Kong people keep protesting, um, then China is just going to take over a lot sooner. Um, I hope that somehow Hong Kong can become independent completely from China because the people there, they don't, most of the people I should say, don't want, they don't want Beijing um, controlling the laws of Hong Kong because they're going to lose a lot of their freedoms, like you said. I mean, The only reason I knew Hong Kong was a lot more free than mainland China was because I've been there and like in some ways they have more freedom than the United States does. Like with their, I mean, I thought that anyways, from the outside, like the way that they, their their free speech before all the protest stuff happened, because I was there about two years ago, um, they had so much, they had this veneer of freedom and acceptance and openness, um, And I know a lot of that has come to light that it was actually not necessarily true, but I just, I hope for the people that they can get their independence. Yeah, man. So you, you went to China and to Hong Kong. And it's that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love China. China's, and when I say I love China, I mean, I love the people. I love the culture. Um, right. Yeah, um, you're not talking but at about the, same, the and, and in a lot of ways, I like China better than Hong Kong as far as the atmosphere goes. Um, but that that's yeah. nothing against the people of Hong Kong or anything. I just there's a lot of there's a lot more money in Hong Kong. And so I never feel at as much at home with people who have lots of money because I don't have lots of money. <laughs> um, so I can relate to the Chinese people more. But um, regard- regardless of that, I think both places are amazing places. Yeah, man. What yeah, a, for what sure. an experience to go there, right? And, and, and you're from a small town, if I'm not wrong. I'm sorry if I'm, no, if I'm it, saying it is. that it's... your town is small. It's very small. Like the the town I actually is, live right? in has five hundred people. Yes, it's tiny. Five hundred. 
But you told me yeah. that you and correct me again if I mispronounce your your main yeah, town. Yeah, I mean Spokane. The reason I say it's Spokane is how you pronounce it. The reason I say Spokane is because it's the closest major city to where I live, and most people don't even know where Spokane is. Yes. But like nobody knows the town I live in, so I always say Spokane. <laughs> Spokane, yeah. So it's Spokane, right? Spokane. That's more. Uh, yeah, I think it's like ninety Canada. miles south. I think of the border. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's close, man. So, how it is to for you that I see you as like a, a really open and open-minded that looks for free speech and and you know you, you hold all this knowledge so to speak and all these opinions and as you said the people that lives in you you your town is mm -hmm. um, they are really conservative right so the, it's kind of hard for you to hold the conversation without getting this the uh To put these topics on, um, on the I table? Mean, yeah, to some degree. I mean, this area used to be known and still is to some degree for white nationalism, the Aryan nation, um, racism. Mm -hmm. And there are still groups of people that preach um, flat out racism in the area. And so, you know, I've had confrontations with people or I don't know what I want to call them confrontations, but arguments with people who are extremely racist and you know i get called names and and what like racial slurs even though you know i'm white or whatever they'll call me those names because that's that's the ignorance of their mind obviously um but at the same time i think a lot of people are especially young people are willing to have these discussions and so i think it's just finding the right people who want to have the conversations Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense, man. It makes sense. And, and you know what? It makes makes me think about that when you say that young people is looking and mm -hmm. uh, they are willing to hold these conversations. That one day is going to come yeah. where we are going to be the old people. Do you think we are going to be close to to those conversations that day? And young people are going to be, no, we've got to talk about this. Like, I don't know, like legalize the, the marriage <laughs> with a robot, with a AI. Yeah, I mean, I think I if we know, look man. at history, Sorry. as generations get older, they seem to be more closed off to new ideas. I mean, I think that's historical fact. But at the same time, I think the millennial generation and obviously Gen Z are very much more open to new ideas. And so I think the millennial generation is special in that way. And I hope that we can remain to be open-minded because I think it's going to be super important, especially to the generation under us. Yeah, man, that makes sense. Do you think that history repeats itself? I do. Itself? I definitely think it repeats itself. I just think it has nuance based off of the current generation, but I think we can definitely learn from it. But if it repeats itself then you think things are not gonna change i mean i think there are trends of repetition but 
I do have an optimistic view of the world. Yeah. I think the world will be more free, will be more united and will be more open as time progresses. Like as we've yeah. seen, especially with the internet and all that stuff, like we are, the world's a lot smaller of a place and it used to be easy to be ignorant. It used to be easy to be closed off from the suffering or the, you know, the victories or the struggles or whatever of other places and other people. But now we don't have an excuse. So I think it's forcing us to be a lot more open to new ideas. And I think that's why the millennial generation and the, the Gen Z um, kids are a lot more open. Yeah, man. That's that's the reason why I like to have you in the podcast, man. You're real optimistic. Uh, yeah, about I mean, the future. I, I I have to be. Like, I've I've grown up with a lot of people who are pessimistic, and there's there's a whole, you know, group of Christian people, especially who they just think the world's going to come to an end and everything's going to burn, and all we're doing is waiting for for Christ to return. And it's like, I I just I can't live that way. I just I'm I'm not willing to. So. Yeah, and that happened to me. To me, the same because we both are evangelic. So when I was like, and I think I told you this study um, in one of your your Instagram posts. For me, when I was a child, man, it was a struggle because I all the time was like so tense about that. I was just looking to to behave right in the right moment and to not expect. I, I mean, mm -hmm. to do not misbehave in the wrong moment. And I was always expecting the world to end. And I was like, shit, if I do something wrong and the world yeah. ends right now, I'm fucked. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, man, that, that's a little bit, I, I think, I fucked agree. up for the child, to be honest. And, um, so, yeah, do you have something else to add um, to this episode, man? To, to all the I think the only thing about? I would add is that I hope that people that are listening um, wouldn't think that I'm coming from this position of like arrogance, like, oh, I know the answer and that everyone's bad and I have the answer. Like, I don't want anyone to think that because while I do believe that the systems around yeah. us are corrupt, I think the world is full of people who have hope and have ambition and who have good ideas. And um, I, I'm... I want people to know that like I change my mind all the time. Like I'm continuing to learn. And so, you know, in two, three, four years, I may change my mind in one of these topics and that's okay. And I just, I just want people to know that like, while I am very passionate about what I believe, I'm also willing to hear other people's thoughts and their opinions on it. Yeah, man, you know, you, you, you I'm telling you from a, from a, friendly perspective that you should not be worried about that man because probably my episode is gonna be listened for three <laughs> or four people so it's <laughs> yeah i it's know i just want to make man. sure because i've had people no, yeah. accuse me of that before so <laughs> yeah maybe in the future man you never know yeah. you never know you know if you're get you if you ever make it to the top man i don't know like to the congress or something like that and people just find out this, this podcast they're gonna be like hey look what he said 20 years ago oh man yeah that that scares me too man it's a really stupid mm -hmm. thought, but it scares me a little bit a little bit i mean 
I really appreciate that you took your time. One hour and 20, yeah. that we talk a lot. You know, um, it's the first time actually that I, well, the second time, so to speak, that I, that I talk in, a, in my podcast about something that is not rooftoping and right. um, urban photography. Um, that's the reason that we are actually talking because we're starting with that. So, man, I just, I again, I appreciate that um, your time. I exhort you to keep doing your podcast, man. Um, are really good episodes. And yeah, man, that's it. Thank yes, you so much. It's been to, awesome. To, and to, I always appreciate hearing from you. And um, thank you for the opportunity. See ya. Yeah, man, good